listening to Sidewalk Confessionals. My name is Jeremy. And I'm Caleb. And today we're going to take a little trip down memory lane. We're going to talk about what makes uh, me and Caleb nostalgic. So Caleb, if you want to start it off, uh, what's an old show that makes you nostalgic? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I feel like there's a, a lot of good shows that I watched as a kid. Uh, I remember, if, you re- if I really want to talk about nostalgia, I remember... Saturday morning cartoons and because we went to because I had a weird religious upbringing and we went to church on Saturday mornings I never got the chance to watch them so what I started doing was I would record them on VHS um, you know and I would have my little for those who don't know a VHS is a little black box filled with magnetic tape Uh, and you put it into this big machine that used to sit under your TV that used to be this giant box made out of glass, if you can believe that. Sorry, was that too mean? (laughs) But accurate. Most people these days really wouldn't know. I can't even say that because most people are still older than us, really, or the same age. But a lot of people have forgotten about, especially like your younger brother, he probably doesn't know much about VHS tapes. But yeah, I would record it on VHS every Saturday morning, and I would be so excited all through church just to get home and watch my favorite shows. There were a couple of shows that I really loved. Uh, I think they were all on like either Kids WB or Four Kids. Um, I watched Sonic X. I don't know if anybody out here is a Sonic fan. That was a great one. Uh, X Men Evolution. Oh, that was my favorite show. <laughs> and um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. These are my favorites. Oh, those are so yeah, very nostalgic for me. I think it's got to be, ooh, man, I don't know. I don't think it's, I I think it's like you, I don't think it's one show in particular. I really like the old, um, the older Cartoon Network shows. So like, oh, I can't even say that. Was Code Lyoko on Cartoon Network? No. Maybe? No, Code Lyoko was on Disney XD. We're going to have to fact check that. But yeah, like, Code Lyoko, uh, I really fucking liked Teen Titans. The original Teen Titans, not that new chibi bullshit. The original Teen Titans was great. The original Teen Titans was intense. Um, yeah, those kind of shows. Not really, like, when I was a little kid, but those, those shows. I also have fond memories of, like, when I lived in, um, when I lived in California. Do you remember the show Jag? Is that that's like an adult show though, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I used to watch that with my mom. She used to watch that show, and I would sit there. I didn't understand anything that was happening, but it was cool because they were in the military and there were like ships and planes and stuff. That's a great one, actually. I, I didn't even think about adult shows. All right. Uh, what's a toy that you loved as a child? Oh, I have one particular one which had great, great sentimental value to me all through my life. It was this little rubber ball, and it was filled with metallic confetti stars. And there was also an air bubble in it, which I don't think that it was intentional. I think it was an accident, but it made it look like a big asteroid in a field of stars. And to me, this little ball, I, I, could ha- I had it for as long as I can remember. Back to maybe when I was like three years old. I, I just had this ball, and I don't know where it came from. I think I found it in my yard. I do have, like, a memory of, like, finding it on the side of my house and picking it up and wiping the dirt off of it. And it was already kind of old, and the rubber had kind of yellowed a little bit. And there was, a li- there was like, a crack in it. But I just kept this ball for years, and I would just marvel at the thing. I would just sit and hold it in my hand and look at all the stars and just dream. And it was just magical to me. And I remember um, when I came to North Carolina, I lost all my possessions. But then somehow, a few years later, my sister gave me a box of my possessions that had been gathered. And that little ball was back in there. And I never thought that I'd see it again. And it was like, wow, it's, it's back. It came back to me. And um, I remember when I was really young, again, I just fantasized about the magical fantasticness of this little ball. and. I thought that it would like bring me good luck or grant me wishes or something like that. I've lost it now. I don't know where it is, but I'd like to imagine that that it's a magic ball that has found its way to some other child and it's going to bring them like an amazing adventure or something like that. So yeah, a little huh. ball. That's pretty cool. I didn't know that's I didn't know that's that was the depth of your fondness of that ball. Yeah, cuz you've know you know about that ball, right? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen that ball. I have no idea where it went. 
<laughs> I guess I finally grew up. It's gone into the ether. Yeah. I used to have these little, uh, this isn't as deep as Caleb's story about this ball, but I used to have these little, um, this little turtle. It was like a, like a, it was a plastic turtle. It had like a hard plastic shell and then like a rubber turtle like inside of it. And I used to treat that little, like I couldn't go anywhere without the turtle. I remember like tying a string to it and like, like pulling it behind me in the grocery store. Like it was like a, I don't know, like a dog or something, like just a pet. Um, maybe that's where my, maybe, maybe I've just always liked reptiles. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, every time I think, every time I think of like an old toy or I see a kid with like a toy that they just can't go anywhere without, I think of that little plastic turtle and I have no idea where that went either. I used to also have a really large collection of Beanie Babies and those got lost when we moved here. I have no idea where those are. Oh yeah, they're worth a bunch. I had tons of them. So did my mom. Like, we probably had a collective few thousand dollars worth of Jeez. Beanie Babies. <laughs> they're just gone. A movie you watched as a kid. I wanna, there's no, you already know what I'm gonna say, right? Uh-uh. Tell me you know what I'm going to say. No, I, I have to yeah. talk about, because I can't remember if I've talked about my love for this movie in a different podcast, which is why I don't want to talk about it again. But I'm just going to say Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. I'm still obsessed with that movie. I love that movie now. But that was like one of my favorite movies as a kid. And I just love, love, love that story. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. I think it's got to be Halloween Town for me. It's perfect time of year. Yeah, Halloween Town on Disney. Just the first one though. This the the other ones were okay, but the first one has that like, I mean, because it's like fall and Halloween. Halloween's always the 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 best holiday when you're a kid, right? I've got to agree with that. You one. get candy and there's like pretty lights everywhere. I mean, I didn't have that, but Halloween is the best holiday. I'm sorry. <laughs> But we haven't talked about that on the podcast. We'll get there. We'll get there eventually. Um, Actually, since this episode is a lot about nostalgia and I have had a chance to look over the questions, um, this will factor into a couple different questions. uh, A book that you used to like to read. Oh, boy. Um, Okay, so I want to talk about this really obscure book, which I feel like almost no one will know about, but... When I read this question for the first time, I was like, I had a couple of really good books that I loved, like Fantastic Mr. Fox. That was a great one. That's a Roald Dahl story. I loved a lot of Roald Dahl books. He's one of my favorite authors as a child. Um, then I loved like these big, heavy science fiction books like Rendezvous with Rama. That's one of my favorite books of all time. But... What I really want to talk about is this random little story called Stort's Cape. I couldn't even remember the name of the story, but all I remember is the story. And it makes me very nostalgic to think about because it's just like this little boy and he's like a, a chronic worry wart and like overthinker and hyper anxious kid. And his, he's just moved into a new neighborhood and uh, he's worried about starting school that year and making friends and how that's all going to go. But right now, it's just his, you know, it's a week before school starts, and he has nothing to do. And he's stuck in the house, and he's so, so, so bored because it's raining outside. So his parents, like, just kind of, like, tell him to go find find something to occupy your time and kind of, like, brush him aside. And he goes through the closet, and he finds, like, a box of his uncle's old stuff. His uncle was a magician. And it's just, like, a bunch of trash. It's, like wire hanger, a box full of ties, some string, a rubber band, all that. So he takes the ties and he staples them together and makes a cape and he calls it his magic cape and whenever he puts it on, he has an adventure. And basically throughout the course of the story, he takes all this trash and stuff that he found in the closet and the I can't remember whether it's just like his imagination is so powerful or whether magical shit actually happens but he ends up having an amazing adventure in his house with like dinosaurs and he sleeps on a bed made of toast and all this sorts of crazy weird stuff and I guess it was his imagination in the end but it was it was a really fun little story and it, I, I like it and I really wanted to talk about it in this sense because it reminds me of just being a kid 
and just using your imagination to bring yourself on adventures and just having like these mundane objects become powerful and amazing to you and uh, that's what it was like for Stort and Stort's cape you know he just took these mundane objects and had himself his little amazing adventures and each one of those pieces of trash became important in the story at some point and they were no longer trash but they were actually amazing things so very nostalgic for me huh interesting I don't think um well I don't know my uh my book is not something that I read like when I was a kid. I think I read these books for the first time when I was in like maybe maybe eighth grade or maybe like my sophomore year of high school, somewhere around there. Um, I've talked about them before on the podcast. I actually talked about them in the first part of our writing introduction. Um, but the Shiver Trilogy by Maggie Stiefvater, those books are absolutely amazing. They're, they've inspired... Uh, much of my like writing style as it is now um, and yeah I just like when I read those books or when I think of those books I think of like I think of like uh, like sitting in my room and like reading a book or like you know listening to music or whatever people think it's weird that I can listen to music and read at the same time or sing and read at the same time you can sing and read at the same yeah. time I could see listening to music I mean that would be a distraction for me but I can see that, but sing and read? Yeah, I can sing and read at the same time. That's incredible. It's like being double-jointed in your mind. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, anyway, um, yeah, I would like listen to music and like have my little cup of tea and sit back and like read these books and just like, this is the first, these are the first books that I ever read that I like immersed myself in the world. Like I was like in Sam's chapters, I was that character or in Grace's chapters, I was that character. Um, and just the way, just the way that they were written and like, they focus more on like fall and winter just because of the nature of the things that happen in the book. Mm. They focus more on like fall and winter and kind of gloss over spring and summer. Um, although they are significant, obviously. Let's just be real. I know we're getting here in the later questions, but fall and winter are, especially fall, are the most nostalgic seasons. Oh yeah. I know that's, that's literally one of the questions. That's yeah. my answer. It's fall. It's autumn. It's fall. And it's always going to be autumn. <laughs> What's a candy that you can't find anymore? Okay, so I know this candy still exists, but the first thing that comes to my mind, because I, you, you, it's the candy cigarettes. Oh. Yeah, the candy cigarettes. I remember I used to love, me and my brother and sister would get them in like secret and hide them from our parents. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> some kids actually have actual cigarettes. We would have the little candy cigarettes. <laughs> And we'd sit in our rooms and we'd like pull out the pack of candy cigarettes from behind the dresser and we'd all sit around and pass them around. I must have been like really young, like five or six or something like that. Pass around our candy cigarettes, which are just like little chalk candies. And it was so fun. Love those things. You can never find them anywhere. I know they still exist, apparently, but yeah, candy cigarettes. So... This is a thing that I only had like a couple times in my childhood, but there's these, I don't know what they were called, but they were these like little, they're these gummy candies. They were like, I remember the packaging. The packaging had, it was like the red, you know, the little, um, the little like hole into Toontown yeah. and it had Bugs Bunny on the front of the package. And there were these like weird red, like off, like kind of a pastel-y blue and red gummy candies. And I don't know what they are. I don't know what flavor they were supposed to be. I only had them like twice in my life, but for the life of me, no matter how much searching I do, I cannot find even a record of the existence of these things. That sucks. (laughs) Major balls. I have no, yeah. But every time I think of like a gummy candy or anything like that, like, you know, those like opaque ones Mm -hmm. and they have like that weird, that like sugary texture to them. Every time I bite into one of those, I'm like, it's not the same. (laughs) How about a place that you used to go? Maybe like somewhere, because Caleb and I didn't always used to live in North Carolina. So maybe like a place you used to go back in Philly. Okay. Well, um, really my favorite haunt back in Philly was the neighborhood park. Um, and I would just go down to the park. I technically wasn't in Philly. I was in the suburbs of Philly. And if I told you where, it would be like so easy to identify me. I might already be giving too much away. Anyway, (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> I've said too much. Yes, I've said, I, I've said too much. <laughs> but um, basically, it was just this little park that was behind my house, and it was it was it was on Cobb's Creek, and on the on my side of the park was our town, and on the other side of the park was Philadelphia. And eventually, I did have awesome adventures where I crossed through the forest and the creek and into Philadelphia on this totally grand adventure. That was a great day. But that's a story for a later question. Um, Pismo Beach. Pismo Beach in California. Um, I remember my grandparents used to drive me down there all the time. It was, uh, I think it was like 30 minutes from where we lived. We lived in Santa Maria. So it was like 30 minutes from where we lived. There was a little boardwalk. Every time we went there, we would go like look around at this little gift shop and we would always get ice cream. And then we'd sit on like the pier and just like watch the ocean and like hang out with like the fishermen and watch all of them. And I thought that it was fucking amazing that these people had these like little thin lines into the into the ocean and they just disappeared into the nether, right? And then they would just pull these beasts back up. Um, yeah. And then, you know, as we got older, and as we got older, we stopped going uh, so often. Um, but yeah, that's it for me. Pismo Beach, California. I, I just want to add, because I realized I'm being stupidly paranoid for no reason, and there's no reason I should be afraid that they knew where I lived when I was a kid. So I was in Colwyn, which is this little nowhere town tucked inside of Darby which is a more popular town which is a suburb of Philadelphia and the name of the park was I believe Bosco Park or something like that it's really small especially because Colwyn the town itself was really astronomically small <laughs> um, like smaller than Matthew's small oh yes like so small that the entire town was as big as this neighborhood alright a restaurant your parents took you to Ruby Tuesdays we went to Ruby Tuesdays so much. It was very special until it started becoming like the go-to dinner and then it was just kind of normal. But yeah, Ruby Tuesdays, that fills me with nostalgia. I remember when it was actually filled with sports memorabilia and not like the modern contemporary art forms that you so often find in restaurants today. Man, I remember when McDonald's was filled with 50s memorabilia. Oh my god. I just remember when restaurant decor was so much different than restaurant decor is now. Yeah. And they would have like these ridiculous cheesy uh, so many restaurants had like stuff on the walls. Like when we went to Ruby Tuesdays there would literally there was like a sled up on the wall and all these like just just everything that you can imagine that's sports related, pictures, equipment, Clothes, all this shit was just all over the walls for no goddamn reason. That's not what Ruby Tuesdays is about. It's about fucking food. But this stuff is everywhere. You would go to McDonald's. I remember this is also something that I was nostalgic about. I remember when McDonald's still had the ball pit, and then they uh, banned them because they were too unsanitary. <laughs> I love that ball pit. But you would go to McDonald's, and there were like pictures of Elvis and Marilyn Monroe on the wall, and they had an actual great big old-fashioned jukebox that thing was lovely that it, that was a gorgeous thing okay that's all i'm gonna say about that there was this um restaurant in santa maria called caros um it was it was a breakfast restaurant it was honestly kind of like an off-brand ihop um ihob that's a topic for another podcast um, yeah, it was like an off-brand IHOP. I remember every time we went there, I would order chicken fingers and fries with ranch, with like ranch dip. Yeah, I know. Are you me? Because I also only ate chicken fingers. I think every kid does. It's just an easy thing, like neutral flavored thing to eat. And it's filling. Um, yeah, I would always order chicken fingers with, with french fries. I think at one point they had curly fries, and I switched to those. Uh, I was getting a little bit adventurous, um, opening my culinary horizons. Uh, always with ranch dressing, and I always ordered... They, we don't... Okay, we live in the South. We have sweet tea here. When you order tea at a restaurant in the South, you get sweet tea. If you go farther down South than we are, you get syrup. In California, if you order a tea, it is unsweetened tea. Unsweetened cold black tea. So I would always order a raspberry tea, which has sweetened raspberry flavoring added to it. And that was 
delicious. But yeah, I remember like the blue, they'd have like those blue booths and like the the fake plants and like the, the dividers and shit like that. That old breakfast restaurant decor kind of stuff. What's a song that takes you back? Okay, um, I was just actually listening to this song yesterday, and I was like, wow, this is, this is great. This really takes me back. It's uh, Don't Stop Believing by Journey. <laughs> and uh, it's just because, I don't know, I guess Journey was like my mom's favorite band, and so she would play Journey a lot. And that song in particular, and it just takes me back to my youth, and it just fills me with like nostalgia and emotion. It's a good song. It's a good song. I will, I will not argue that. Uh, it's got to be Sunday Morning by Maroon 5 for me. Yeah, when we lived in Santa Maria, uh, my I think it was more my mom than my dad, although I could be wrong, um, would always play Maroon 5 in the car. So Sunday Morning like just makes me think of like, oh, you know, get everyone in the car. We're going to Pismo Beach or we're going to Aurora Grande or something like that. Yeah. Name someone you hung out with as a kid but you're no longer friends with. Okay, well, this is basically a good time to discuss my childhood best friend, or my late childhood best friend, because I had a couple. Uh, Matt, he's basically, I, we've been friends since I was like eight, nine, ten years old or something like that, and then we were friends until I left Pennsylvania. <laughs> and um, that goes more into my weird religious upbringing which he also shared. And then I was also homeschooled, and he was also homeschooled. So we spent a lot of time together. And he was like my best bro. He's my best friend. Um, we just did everything together. Uh, sometimes I would spend like weeks at his house, or he would spend weeks at my house. And because we were homeschooled, it didn't really matter. Um, well, also, well, that's, I'm not even going to go into that right now. Um, <laughs> But yeah, and he's the one who had the had the amazing adventure, uh, leaving Bosco Park, and venturing into Philadelphia with, which this was I, we were both must have been like, I think he's like a, he's like a year or, or two younger than me, um, I think I was like 15 at the time, this must have been 13 or 14, and um, we went to Bosco Park, and my parents were really strict, so they really didn't like me going anywhere basically but the park was always acceptable um and uh so I took Matt to Bosco Park and then there was a forest it was like it went like this park forest creek so we went into the forest and then we followed the we, we got to the creek and we followed the creek to the train tracks the train tracks went over the creek we climbed up on the train tracks, and then all of a sudden the train came, and we had to jump off to the side. And we did, we narrowly missed being hit by the train, and it whooshed past. And I can still, I can vividly remember this train, this j enormous beast just zooming past me in the rush of wind as it like pushed me aside and I was I was like three or four feet from it <laughs> and it was loud it was, and it just and I was inches away from dying and I was sitting there and I was looking at him and he's looking at me and we just both had the biggest smiles on our face and we were having the time of our lives and it was fantastic and then we, we after the train finished we finished crossing the train tracks we went into Philadelphia we broke through an old construction yard tiptoed you know areas where you weren't supposed to be we eventually got to this part there was this fence with like this no trespassing sign we jumped the fence we found an abandoned building it was an abandoned building that my family would drive past a long time and it was always like a little bit in the distance and I would just look at the building and as you do when you're in the car and you're a kid your mind wanders and you just sort of make up stories about the things around you yeah. so there was this abandoned building and there was this huge chimney stack next to it um, or I don't even know if that would be called a chimney stack or what it was just a, a cylindrical like a smokestack? yeah like a smokestack or something a cylindrical building next to it apparently it used to be an old soap factory when we broke into it it was filled with tires and dust 
and and the fl- and, and the floors the floors there was like no equipment or anything in there. I, I don't know. I think people had just used it to dump tires. Oh, maybe. People like to dump tires for some reason. I don't know why, but they do. Um, but we broke into this building. There were like four or five stories. We went up. Each of the floors were crumbling. We made it to the the actual top of the building. Uh, we got all the way to the top. We stood. It was maybe a hundred feet high or something like that. Stood on the top of this building, and you could see South Philadelphia oh. all around you. And that's uh, insane. Yeah, me and Matt. He was my best friend, and um, it was amazing. And then we like, I, I we we didn't actually leave our initials. We had brought snacks and we had a fruit cup, and I wrote. We wrote our initials on the fruit cup and then left the fruit cup there. <laughs> I wonder if it's still there. But yeah, then later on, um, it must have been basically about a year before I, uh, I came to North Carolina. And um, his family moved to Delaware, and so we could hardly ever see each other. And then when I left my parents' house... And I told him about that. I left him and I was like, he was like, well, why did you leave? And I was like, oh, you know, blah, 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 blah. You know, I don't actually believe in the religion and I'm gay. And these things were very hard for him to process. But he did try to process them. He did try. And he was like, well, you know, you're still my best bro. We're going to be friends. First, he was like, are you attracted to me? And I was like, no. Literally, no. I want to fuck your brother, but not you. <laughs> God, did I want to fuck his brother. Jesus Christ. Yeah, he was just my best bro. and he was like, But then he was like, he was like, you know, man, I love you anyway. You're my best friend. But then, I don't know, we, we got in arguments about religion, and then we just kind of stopped talking. He came up with some sort of excuse for... And this is what cults do to you. He said that, he's like, I can't talk to you because... You're not in the cult anymore. That's not the way he said it. But he was like, he was like, we can only talk if it's about business because this is one of the rules, which basically you're not supposed to have association with people who are outside of your religious religion unless you either are preaching to them or you're conducting business with them. So he was like, you know, I'm going to be going to school for blah, 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 whatever, film or whatever. We both really loved film. And uh, he was like, uh, I've got this friend who's going to give me like the cameras and then we can actually start because we aspired to make movies together and um he was like and then once i do that then we can start talking again but we never did start talking again and uh you know it's been i haven't talked to him since i was like 17 but yeah he was my best friend matt <laughs> maybe you're out there matt <laughs> we're not friends anymore but you were my best bud um uh, my best friend that I don't talk to anymore um I had a friend like right after I moved to North Carolina I made friends with it was weird how we became friends so um my siblings and I used to like go down to the creek and like you know catch like frogs and crayfish and shit like that and one day we had a crayfish in a bucket um and this kid's mom just like came walking by you know just out walking and she's like oh what are you guys doing you okay I'm so sorry sorry guys i'm having a bit of an allergy problem today and we're also outside <laughs> and we're so. outside yeah um but yeah she was like oh you know what do you have in the what do you have in the bucket oh it's cool it's a crayfish let me call my son over here he loves these things so this kid comes down here he's looking at the crayfish and then he and i started talking and from there like instant friends um and all of my adventures that I had, like, as a kid, right after moving here. We moved here when I was, like, nine. Um, so all the adventures that I had as a kid uh, were with him. Uh, and that was, like, the time that, like, I started getting into, like, building things, like, mechanical stuff and electrical stuff. So we had this thing that we used to call the hazard wagon. Okay. We called it the hazard wagon because... Well, one, it was a rolling hazard, um, to be quite honest. Um, but two, there was a game that we really liked, um, Half-Life and Half-Life 2. Oh, um, Which is the only... And Half-Life P- 3 confirmed. And Half-Life... <laughs> um, 
which is the only PC game that I've actually played all the way through. But, um, yeah, we were like upset. At least I was really obsessed with that game and like the Hev suit and all of that shit and like beat everything with a crowbar. Um, so we built this like I put this I put like an AV cart on top of a radio flyer wagon. We put a tractor battery in the back. It had like a power inverter on it. I made like an arc rifle out of a neon transformer and an old Nerf gun. Like basically like a taser, but you had to plug it in. Um, and actually, my other friend Hunter, whom you guys are actually gonna meet. Uh, in episode 14, I'm gonna do an interview with him. Um, but yeah, my friend Hunter, I actually tased him in the back of the knee with that, with the arc rifle, um, and it was extremely effective. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we had like an air compressor on there for our little like air guns. Um, we had a radio, and we would like, I would just like roll it around the neighborhood. We would like walk around and like play music and like zap things with the, with the hazard, with the arc rifle. Um, yeah, all of that sort of stuff. And then when I actually, when I became friends with, um, this is the same Evan that Shelby dated. Oh, you never met him though. I, I never got a chance to met him, meet him, but I, I've heard stories, you know? Yeah. Well, anyway, yeah. When, uh, when I started to become friends with the nucleus, um, I stopped, I was also starting to be better friends with Hunter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just kind of stopped being friends, uh, mostly because I'm an asshole and I'm sorry. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I just kind of stopped talking to him. But yeah, all of my like adventures as like a kid, like building shit and all of that kind of shit were with Evan. And then it slowly transitioned over to Hunter. But I'm still friends with Hunter, so it's gotta be Evan. Uh, what's a game that you used to play? A game that I used to play? A game, yeah. Like a board game or a video like game? Like a board game, a video game, an outdoor I mean, I game. Did, I did play a lot of Monopoly. And let me tell you, I am a cruel master of Monopoly. <laughs> and... Everyone who's ever played Monopoly with me will tell you, because they know. I don't play board games with with Caleb. I'm a vicious bastard, and I always win. I always win. It's like him with hide and seek. (laughs) So yeah, Monopoly. I used to play that a lot. Haven't played in years. Don't think I will play it again. Um, I think I've done all that I can do with Monopoly. Uno. That's another great one. It's got to be Uno. Uno will make you hate your closest friends. Oh, my God. There's one memory in particular. It's quick, so. Um, There's one memory in particular. I was at my um, uh, Hunter's grandparents' house, um, and we were just chilling upstairs uh, playing, playing Uno, and then Hunter hits me with, what did he do? He put down, like, three draw four wild cards or something like that or three wild cards and then set the color to yellow of which I had that's what it was it was three draw four wilds and no I can't remember what it was basically I had to put down a bunch of yellow cards and I had no yellow cards in my hand and I was like and he was already destroying me so I like I looked at him and I was like I need a drink and I put my card down and we went downstairs and started drinking with his parents <laughs> good times yeah good times good times uh, what's something that used to scare you okay so I used to be really afraid of the dark of course that's really boring because lots of people were afraid of the darkest kids so I'm gonna up it a little bit um, in particular my childhood home was this really old house that was built in like 1912 and then it had been like re what's the word revamped yeah revamped but the last revamp was in like the 60s or the 70s oh, shit. so it was old and it was creepy and I, I i love that house it was creepy though um but one thing that scared me in particular and i was terrified of it actually oh now that i think about it i feel like I definitely had symptoms of, like, OCPD as a child. Definitely. Um, I'm going to mention a couple things. I would race myself. There was there was a light switch at the bottom of the stairs and also a light switch at the top of the stairs. They both controlled the same light. And I had this thing when I was at the bottom of the stairs at nighttime, and I, it was time for me to go up. I would turn off the light and I would hold my breath because I could not, you cannot breathe when you are in the presence of the evil, <laughs> which is darkness. Did I 
actually, this lasted for a while too. I had this habit for a long time with me. But I would hold my breath, I would turn off the light, and I would run, run up those stairs on all fours. And I would not look back into the darkness because I was sure that what I would see would be horrors beyond imagination following me up the stairs. And then I would get upstairs, and there was a second light switch. There was also another light switch next to it which controlled the hallway light. And I would have to turn off the hallway, and I would get into my room, and I had to do it basically... I had seconds to get this it done. It had to be and I, seamless, clean, and efficient. Yes. <laughs> there could be no stumbling or stopping. Otherwise, it would get me. I also had a thing about being in the bathroom and the sound of the toilet. When the toilet flushed, I had to be up. My hands had to be washed, and I had to be out of that bathroom before the sound of the... You know the sound the toilet makes as it's resetting and refilling with water? Yeah. Before that sound stopped, I had to be fully hands washed, dried, and out of the bathroom. And I couldn't look inside the bathtub or else there was a monster in there. And this, this, this uh, it honestly did terrify me. My heart would race trying to get up the stairs, trying to get past the shower without looking into it, trying to leave the bathroom having fully washed and fully dried my hands. They must be dry all the way before the sound of the toilet stops or I'm going to fucking die. That's what it would feel like. That's OCPD. <laughs> That's totally OCPD. Wow. <laughs> um... Wow, that just reminded me. I'm, like, traumatized. Every time I go to the bathroom or something, I, like, pull back the shower curtain and make sure there's no one in there. I don't know fucking why. I just do it. It's a compulsion. Um, something that used to scare me. I don't think anything in my childhood scared me that much. The dark. It was definitely the dark. The dark is just The dark is... I remember I couldn't, like, sleep if all of the lights were off or anything like that. I would just sit under the covers, terrified. And the not breathing thing, like, you have to make your breathing as quiet as possible. Um, Or just, like, hold your breath until you, like, pass out. Okay, we're moving up in ages a little bit here. What was your favorite class in high school? English class, easily. Um, Particularly, I remember... English 11, which I guess is American Lit. I loved that class. I, I, I had that class with Tian. Um, <laughs> I just, I have to tell this quick story because it's fucking hilarious. Um, our teacher, Miss Mayer, gave the students an assignment. She put, had written like a, a bunch of words on the wall and she, just, she told us that we had to come up with four categories and fit our 20 words on the wall into each of these four categories. Whatever the categories are were were our choice, but we had to categorize these words, and all of us had to do it individually. So I can't even remember what categories I or anybody came up with, but I remember the categories that Tian came up with because he raised his hand and stood in front of the class and was like, okay, now hear me out. Hunting horns? Long bows. These words had nothing to do with hunting, weapons, or anything like that. But he just came up with four classes of weapons, which were from the game Monster Hunter. And then associated these random-ass fucking words with each of these things. And our teacher was just floored. I wish I could save the look on her face, because it was the most what-the-fuck look I have ever ever seen on anyone's face as Tian goes on to describe and categorize these various words by monster hunter weapon classes. Uh, my favorite class in high school is hands down photography one and two. Uh, my sophomore and junior years. Yeah, had to be because those classes were always my last classes of the day. Uh-huh. And in photography one, I was actually in there with uh, a friend that was part of the nucleus for like a minute, Matthew. Fluffy? Fluffy. Yeah. Yeah, that class was just fun. And I, I was really into it, like really into like, um, you know, what is the developer made out of? What is the fixer made out of? All of those things. And I'm like, like I want to make developer myself because I know that people do it um, and like get super into the wet process. For, and my photo teacher was all about it. So she would like, I would like stay after school and like help her mix chemicals for the class and all of that shit. She ended up actually giving me, I bought an enlarger to do wet process prints and it didn't have its condenser lenses. And she actually ended up giving me a set of condenser lenses from an enlarger that she didn't have anymore. And if you know nothing about photography, you're like, okay, yeah, she gave you a set of these things. Condenser lenses are worth $500 a piece. And you need two of them for an enlarger. 
Yeah. Yeah. So she was like, yeah. Uh, okay, this is going to be a hard one. Describe a smell. I actually have the perfect one for this. Uh, the most nostalgic smell for me is the smell of paint. Um, because when I was young and I would get really upset, I would go pull a bucket of paint and just kind of like... <sighs> no, I'm kidding. That's a lie. That's a lie. I just wanted to see the look. <laughs> I just wanted to see the look of shock on Jeremy's face. It is the smell of paint. That is the smell that I'm talking about, but it has nothing to do with that. It's about when I was a kid in school and we would walk by art class and just like the smell of going down the hallways. They always smelled like paint because I think our walls had been freshly painted. And then I also associated with art class which was my favorite cool class when I was a kid not in high school but when I was a kid in like elementary school I loved art class and just like the smells of the various paints very nostalgic for me when we lived in California we had mint growing outside of excuse me we had mint growing outside of uh, out of like our apartment and every time it would rain and the water would hit the mint and the concrete that like mix of like wet concrete and wet dirt and wet mint would like waft out and I would walk outside and with if you don't know what mint if you don't know what fresh mint smells like you're not gonna know what this smell is but that smell if that smell hits me I'm just like I am instantly seven years old in California again um, I, I love that how smells can really transport you to the past yeah there was also this we had a separate like washroom for the apartment complex and it always smelled musty in there but not like to me at least it wasn't like disgusting musty smell but it always smelled like this weird musty smell like almost like wet lint um and for some reason i always liked that smell uh what's something you used to do after school homework <laughs> that you're nostalgic about homework um i don't know this is a hard one for me do you have an answer? The first thing I would do on Friday after school, I wouldn't even go home. Just, I would go straight to Hunter's house and then spend like the whole weekend there. And then like Monday morning really quick, or maybe like, maybe like Sunday night, like right before I had to go to bed, I would like rush home and shower and get all my shit for the rest of the week ready and then go to bed and rinse, repeat. But yeah, it was that. It was just like, hang out with friends, like the instant you get home. And then in high school, Amanda's house, Everyone was at Amanda's house, so I would, like, always walk to Amanda's house and hang out with them. Uh, do you not have one? Do you actually not have one? Um, I guess, I guess a large part of this is because a large part of my life is it had no after school because I was just homeschooled. Um, so, but when I was in elementary school, I guess when I got home from school, I would go watch TV. I remember particularly catching Tarzan, like, right after I would get home from school. Something you used to do alone. I used to draw. I used to draw a lot, actually. Had notebooks filled and papers, stacks filled with my drawings. And I pretty much only do that alone. And I didn't really share them with a lot of people. But besides drawing, also to factor in with this, I had this notebook. It was filled with characters. And they were all characters that I drew. And then I would, like, write descriptions of the characters underneath them. Lame, but I loved doing it. I did a lot as a kid. I used to sing a lot alone. I used to be like super, super embarrassed to sing or even vocalize even a little bit uh, in front of anyone. So all of my like singing when I was a kid was done alone. Like I would like find a little like dark corner or something and just like quietly sing with like a lyric sheet or something like that to myself. Someone you used to have a crush on. This is a fun one. I actually, I don't even know this person's name, but I had a crush on him for years. He was a grown ass man, not a celebrity, not someone on TV. This is someone, this again, this goes into my weird religious upbringing. Every year, I guess three or four times a year, we would have what are called like assemblies and conventions. Those are actually separate things, but they're very similar. But they're basically where it's like a day long of church where everybody gets together. It's like thousands of people in one big building and just sits all day in the building for church, basically. And uh, during these, there would be a lot of, un I'd say, un you know, there would be a lot of people who became familiar faces, but not much else. Um, there's this one particular man who I lusted for. <laughs> I called him in my mind, I called him Bright Eyes. He was this uh, mixed race mulatto guy, just thick, my type. I like thick guys, you know. Um, and he had like a very nice shaped head and he, he I, I liked him so much because he was so exotic 
He's mulatto, which I didn't get to see a lot of mulattoes. I'm mulatto, but there, there are not a lot of mulattoes, so that's something. He had the perfect body type, the exact body type that I like. He had red hair. It was wavy red hair. He always kept it short. Wavy red hair, and he had the most dazzling blue eyes I've ever seen. He was gorgeous, and I could just not stop thinking about this man every time I saw him. And it didn't matter where he was. Remember, this is thousands of people. At the convention, sometimes there was upwards of like 10,000 people. And out of those 10,000 people sitting, we would, we would rent stadiums, like sports stadiums, and I would be able to spot him. I would, I would spend, because I was going to be sitting for eight hours, so you know, I had something to do. So I would scan that crowd for bright eyes, and I'd fucking spot him every goddamn time. And then think about having sex with him all day. <laughs> <laughs> Never learned his name. Did once meet him in person and shook his hands. And I was so weird and nervous about it, and I, he had no idea why. And I was just like, afterwards, I was like, <laughs> we touched. <laughs> had a crush on him for years. This is gonna make me sound kind of like a slut, but not really, but it's okay because I kind of am. Pretty much like any guy at high in high school that was like my type, I would like find them in the hallways or whatever. Not like actually like stalk them or anything, but I would like if they were like walking through the hallways, I would like make it a point to like slow down walking or like pretend that I'm like walking in that direction for a second or whatever. I would often be late to class because of this. Um, but then there was this one guy who was actually in my photography class. Uh, his name was Kobe. For some reason, I thought this guy was so attractive. So. Anytime I was in photography uh, in class or whatever, uh, and we had to, you have to be in a completely dark room to like roll, to like open a roll of film and like roll it onto a developing reel. Um, this is going completely over the heads of people who don't know what film is. <laughs> but yeah, every time you have to go in there, especially like in the beginning when we started doing uh, film, developing film, she would, uh, the teacher would put us into groups and I would always I would make sure that I was in the same group with Kobe so that I could help him roll film name an event that makes you reminisce you first Matthew's alive oh okay good fucking point we have the little we have a little festival uh I guess it's once a year I thought it was twice a year for some reason my memory's fucked up but once a year we have Matthew's alive in Matthews, North Carolina. It's just like a little festival that lasts a weekend. I think what I'm thinking of for the other one is Beach Fest, which is like Matthews Alive during the summer. They're the same thing. We're not anywhere near a beach. We're three hours from the closest beach. I don't understand. But anyway, yeah, Matthew's alive. There's sand. Yeah, that's true. They bring in sculpting sand and have someone make a little sand sculpture. Anyway, yeah, it's definitely Matthew's Alive. Matthew's Alive is a great answer, and it should be mine, but since you took it, I'm going to say um, Animazement. But yeah, just Animazement, you know, it's a, it's an anime convention. It happens in Raleigh. I remember for the first few years of me being here, I would always kind of like, I never had the money to go, but my friends all were going, and they wanted me to come, so they would always like spot me and bring me along with them to Animazement. And I'm like, I'm not like a huge anime fan like my friends are, but I enjoy anime. But I always really loved the convention and I loved seeing everybody's cosplays. The cosplays and the art are uh-huh, my favorite. Yeah, and it's just, it's very wonderful. As a result of the happenings of the past, what's a time, what what time of year makes you the most nostalgic? We answered this yeah, already. Yeah, we already answered this. It's autumn. Autumn is 100% the most nostalgic. And here's why. I can tell you scientifically, here's why autumn is the most nostalgic. One, so when it starts to get colder, it, autumn is... Autumn is nice because it's before winter. Winter really pushes this a little too hard. So winter also has nostalgia, and a lot of people will be nostalgic about that. But autumn is the most nostalgic because you start school for the first time in autumn, and then school begins. It's the beginning of the year for children. Then also the coldness, it sort of it draws you in. It makes you a little more pensive. I do. I know this is crazy, but I'm just going to go out here, and I think that when it's cold, people think more. Or people do things which involve thoughtfulness more, or people have more uh, I see that. I feelings that. because that you just you draw more inside of yourself. You become less active and more pensive, so that leads to nostalgia and looking back. So there's that, and then of course there's the wonderful holidays like Halloween. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely autumn for me too. 
I mean, I think of like, I think of Halloween, which answers the next question, which is which holiday are you most nostalgic about? Halloween, absolutely Halloween. Um, but yeah, autumn just makes me think of uh, like Halloween, going on hay rides, going to the pumping patch as a kid. Oh, getting those little honey sticks with the flavoring in them. Apple cider. Apple cider. So definitely fall, definitely Halloween. And then that brings us to the last question. I want you to put some thought into this one, which I'm sure you will. What time in your life are you most nostalgic about? 2013. Oh, you can narrow it down to a year. Yeah, 2013. It's super nostalgic for me because I came here to North Carolina in late 2012. September, in fact. And then that was crazy for me, those first few months. I don't even know how. I don't know how any of this happened. It's like when I look at the events in my life, I'm like... How the fuck did all this happen? <laughs> but I became friends with the Nucleus, and I met you, and all that. But in particular, 2013, that was like the last half of high school for me. And then just that year, just that entire year just spent with my friends. And it was wild, and I was strung out because I had just lived through a couple of very traumatic experiences. I was young, and I didn't know it. I felt old, and I look back, and I'm like, wow, so young? What was I, 18? Yeah, sophomore year for me. Sophomore year is, like, when I really started hanging out with the Nucleus, when I started, like, you know, like, sneaking out of home at night, in the middle of the night, although no one cared, um, uh, walking along the Greenway or walking into Matthews to go over and hang out at Amanda's house. Um, that's when I started, like, Hunter at this point had moved back to Wilmington, so I didn't have him to hang out with. Um, but I would hang out with the Nucleus, like, we would go to... I don't know. We would just go do things together. Like, I never had a, fr I never had friends that, like, had, you know, like, cars or anything like that. So we would just, like, we would go do things. I remember driving to, like, the park with, like, the windows rolled down and the music blaring and everyone is, like, screaming. Everyone's hair's flying everywhere. And it's just, like, yeah, that time in my life, that, like, sophomore year, that's when I started listening to country music. Wasn't that also 2013? I think so. That's when I started listening to country music. Um, so a lot of the country music, especially, um, in particular, Springsteen by Eric Church, um, which is a song about nostalgia. That song, like, takes me back to that time in my life. You've been listening to Sidewalk Confessionals. Happy listening and have a nice day. Let's go fucking eat. Oh